What is going on, fam? Welcome back to the next episode of the Muscle and Hustle podcast. On today's episode, we have a very special guest, Eric Alvarez, founder of The Fitness, coming to us from Miami, Florida. Eric is an amazing trainer down at Elevation Fitness, one of the premier fitness facilities down in Miami. And guys, if you ever wanted to know anything about why your training is not working for you, then this is the episode for you. Let's get to it. If I can do it, there's no doubt in my mind that you can do it too. I was that kid that was bullied for being small, for being weird, for being socially inept. I was that kid that was depressed and suicidal. And you know what? I didn't make excuses. I made a change. You want to live a different life, be a better person, or improve the situation you're in now? Start with what you can control. Start with your body, because your body is an outward expression of the things going on inside. But your body also tells your mind what to perceive. If you want to be perceived as confident, as smart, and as worthy, then don't just get fit. Build your muscle and build your hustle. Let's get it. What's going on, guys? Welcome back to the Muscle and Hustle podcast. Today, we have a very special guest, a friend that I made, but we we I guess we really only met in person for a very short time, but it's actually kind of inspirational, the reason why. So today, I have here Eric Alvarez, founder of The Fitness. Eric, how are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing awesome, bro. How are you doing? I'm doing absolutely phenomenal drinking my water i actually drink some lemon water in the morning and uh, i found out my lemon was moldy so i was not about to eat that or drink that mm. so now i'm just here drinking some nice water so eric tell the people a little about a little bit about who you are and why our, our in-person meeting at first was so brief yeah okay so what was that like a year and a half ago at this point now something like that no maybe like a year ago now mm-hmm. so for those of you who don't know Eric Alvarez, founder of the fitness. And that's kind of just like a little saying I got. But pretty much, I'm 22 years old. I'm a NASM certified personal trainer. Um, I used to attend the Florida State University with Trevor. I was in the School of Entrepreneurship. And I decided to drop out last semester. Uh, I have five years of training experience. Um, and... And yeah, so I guess I'll just kind of talk a little bit about like where we met. So we pretty much we met at this, um, what was it? It was a event where all the students and the School of Entrepreneurship had to showcase their businesses. Mm-hmm. And pretty much like I've, I've been into fitness for like you know, five years, like passionate as fuck about it. Um, and I've always followed, you know, these fitness influencers and YouTubers, like from day one. I remember back when like Ulysses World and Simeon Panda had like, mm-hmm. I sent a hundred thousand followers on Instagram. Um, and now they have like millions and shit. So I, I decided, so I always wanted to do the business, the fitness business, but I was like, oh, I'm not ready for it. I'm not good enough for that stuff. Um, yeah, I don't know if I could do it. And then eventually I was like, you know what? I just got to do it. Like I, not even that I was like, you know, what? I have to do it. I just knew I had to do it. So I was like, you know what? Boom, let's do it. So started that in about January of last year. So about a year from today. Um, and then that event was a few months later. So mm-hmm. that was like, like a couple, a couple months after I was like, you know what? I'm just going to do this. And I was, you know, I, I created the branding of it, but I was still figuring out like what I'm going to do. So so yeah that was a while back and i i actually find it just ironic that like there is a school of entrepreneurship at florida state like i've like if you think of like a traditional entrepreneur like like yourself like the reason that our meeting was so brief and we're not really in person is because you dropped out shortly after starting your own business and realizing that school wasn't doing anything for you and i feel like a lot of the people in the school of entrepreneurship feel the same way as I mean, I'm sure the school is smaller or just continuously shrinks as you guys get older in the school because people probably just start dropping out. I don't know if that's true. But so after you dropped out, you went down back to South Beach, created the South Beach body. And now you're a trainer at uh, The Evolution. Is that what it's called? Elevation Fitness. Elevation 
Elevation yes. Fitness, which is, as I understand, like, like the go-to gym in Miami, has a lot of famous clientele there. And, yeah. and like Mike Rashid was there the other day, like some yeah, crazy people like are going. We got real so, Tarzan been coming there. Mm-hmm. Um, DJ Stevie J. I know Jim Jones has been there a few times. Um, and those are just like more like celebrity names, but I mean, in the fitness industry, mm-hmm. you know, we got uh, MAA Fitness, Ramsey's Principe. He's got, you know, almost 300,000 followers. Um, dude named King Fitness, 100,000 plus. And then we got like a few, like Veronica Vega and a, a bunch of other people who have like, you know, anywhere from like a hundred thousand to a million followers there. So mm-hmm. it's a, you know, there's always photo shoots going on. Um, mm-hmm. and you know, it's a, it's a good environment. It definitely pushes you to take your, your stuff to the next level. Cause if not, you know, you're, you're up there with the beasts. So you don't play the big dogs. You gotta be a big dog yourself. Right. <laughs> so over this time that you've been at this gym, you've learned a lot. And that's why we wanted to bring you in because you have so much knowledge that you can provide to the people and especially in the, in the realm of training about, yeah. about how people are doing things wrong. And, and, you know, I'm always on here talking about nutrition and, and, you know, week after week, we're digging into that more and more, but we very rarely, we get the opportunity to talk, some, talk to somebody who really, really knows training. And we've had a couple guests before, but I always love that more on because, you know, of course we need nutrition, right? Nutrition is what actually allows us to complete the adaptation, but we mm-hmm. need the training because the training is the stimulus for our body to even recognize that we are are even we even need to make an adaptation to our body, right? We need to build muscle, we need to lose fat, whatever it is. Some kind of change is gonna make us healthier, make us fitter, make us more confident, etc. Yep. So I wanna go in here on the training. And the first question I have for you is what are the biggest mistakes? that you see people making in the gym when it comes to uh i mean even it could be starting their journey could be like uh movements etc what is just like the biggest mistakes you see people making when they're trying to get more fit yeah there's a few things i our start from the non-physical level of it because really at the Mm -hmm. end of the day you know everything that we do stems from somewhere right so it's going to come from the internal from our mindset Mm -hmm. so i'm gonna start with the mindset first thing is people just don't take it serious. Mm-hmm. They go in there, they're on their cell phones. They're, you know, looking around, they're talking to people. Like if you want to have exceptional results and I'm, you know, I'm sure people listen to this podcast, they want to have exceptional results. Mm-hmm. You need to fucking go in there. Like you're getting ready for battle. Like that is your battleground. That is where you're going. Excuse the cursing, but I'm getting passionate about this. That's where you're going to fuck shit up. You need to go in there with a mindset. Of, like I'm going to go in there. I'm going to be the hardest working motherfucker in this gym. That's really what you need to have that mindset about. And where is that? How do you get to that level? You're not going to just going to wake up one day like, you know what? I'm going to go in the gym. I'm going to, I'm going to be the biggest, baddest motherfucker in there. Like you need to, there needs to be a trigger for that. You need to have a meaningful incentive. So I think Mm -hmm. the first thing people need to do is gain clarity on why do they want, first off, know what they want to achieve, right? You can't just say, I want to build muscle and lose fat. What does that mean? How much muscle do you want to build? How much fat do you want to lose? You know, what do you want to look like in detail? Show me a picture of somebody with an ideal body. Mm-hmm. How do you want to feel like? Do you want to feel confident? Do you want to feel more energetic, happy? Do you want to have better posture? Um, what do you want to think like? What does that person think like? What do they act like? What do they feel like? How do they speak to themselves? How do they speak to others? How does their family look at them? All these are extremely, extremely, extremely clear and detailed on exactly what it is you want to look and feel like once you can do that, you get clear on where it is that you want to go, get clear on where you're at now and what the obstacles are from where you're at now to where you want to go. What would happen if you remain the exact same 12 months from now? How would you feel? Would you be happy with the person that you're becoming? You know, think about something I like to, that really puts things perspective and it's scary thought, but it's the reality. You know, we're all going to die one day, right? Mm-hmm. So think about yourself and your final moments of life. Like you're in your deathbed, you know, you got your clock's ticking and you're thinking back on your life. How would you think back on your life? Would you be like, you know what? I knew I could do it. I knew it was possible that it was out there and I did it. Or you look back and be like, you know what? I let my excuses kind of get the best of me. And, you know, I was a little bit lazy and I don't really, I knew what I should have done, but I didn't really do it. And 
now I'm, you know, I'm about to, to leave this earth and I kind of wasted it. Like, you know, I, I could have done better. I know I should have done better. I could have helped people probably through that journey. I could have impacted lives. Like who knew, who knows what kind of crazy stuff could have happened. <clears throat> so that's the first thing. Like you need to go into the gym and be like, you know what? Like take it serious. Don't just go around like looking around because you can have the best workout plan in the world, but if you're not going to work hard and go after it, you won't get exceptional results. You can have a mediocre workout plan, but if you go in there and you really train hard, then you can have, you know, better results. And I'm trying to minimize the cursing because it's like, it's like almost jumping out of me. So I'm kind of catching it. But, um, but yeah, I mean, first things you need to go in there, be serious about it. Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to go anything off of that? Yeah, for sure. I mean, let's, let's get some like tactical. So like after they develop the mindset or, or maybe I, I feel like the mindset and just from my experience and what I've seen my clients do and, and everything else is the mindset comes as you continuously do it. Like, yeah, sure. you're gonna, I always explain this, the, the, any process that you begin is like, it's like a wave, right? So mm-hmm. if you think about the wave at first, the wave is very frequent and the wave is very big. And every time the wave goes up and, and is there, then that means you're falling off. And then it comes back down and it's calm and you're back on the process. And then, and then it happens again and you fall off and then you get back on it. And, and the whole goal isn't to be perfect right off the bat. The whole goal is to make that wave smaller and less frequent so that you are yep. more on the process as you go on. And I mean, there's even times where we fall off. There's times where mm-hmm. like... For example, I, a winter break, I, I wasn't eating as many calories as I should have, and it was the end of my bulk. I was trying to finish strong, but I was having a, a very hard time doing it. I fall off, yeah. and, and I'm eight years into this whole process, right? And you fall off sometimes too. It just happens to everybody. So oh, after, yeah. after they start digging in and they start to, to take it seriously and identify their goals and identify and really, and really nail it down in terms of something quantitative, and then they figure out their why and they identify the obstacles in their path. They, they contemplate mortality and what it's going to be like when they look back. What's, what's the next thing that they can do right in the gym that most people aren't doing right? Yeah. Um, let's start with form. So the first thing, like that's your foundation, right? I mean, mm-hmm. you can go in the gym, work out super hard, but if you're not focusing on your form, then you're going to either put yourself at risk for injury or you're going to plateau. Um, this is something that I started really hammering in over the last six months. Like I said, I'm like five years into this. And, I, and for a while, like, I would just like go in there. I'd work super hard. Um, I used to follow, like in the, in the beginning when I first started, like bodybuilding.com workouts and YouTube mm-hmm. people and all that stuff. Um, but then I got my mentor who's been teaching me, you know, everything down to like the science of it, how our body works, the mechanics and learning about muscular imbalances. So mm-hmm. you need to get your form right first and work on your muscular imbalances. That's going to build that foundation. It's like a, a ship, but you have holes in it, right? And the water is going through and you're slowly sinking, sinking, sinking. So by fixing those imbalances, you're going to patch up those holes. You have to release the overactive muscles which are muscles that are just chronically tight or chronically shortened mm-hmm. then you need to release you need to strengthen the underactive muscles the muscles that are essentially lengthened they're weaker so by doing that you're going to align your body properly you're going to have better posture you're going to feel better but you're going to get you're going to have the physical ability to get into the right positions to properly perform a movement i'll give you an example a deadlift the deadlift is like, even though it looks like a simple movement, you're just like picking stuff off the floor. It's one of the most complicated movements mm-hmm. to get the form and really hammer it home. Like even now, sure. like every single time I go in, I'm still just getting a little bit better on my form mm-hmm. because it, there's so much little, it's a full body movement. So there's so much little details that go into it. So if you have, if you have a tight chest, then you won't be able to pack your lats back and sit and retract and depress your scapula, AKA packing your shoulders in the, into your lats, AKA keeping your shoulders back and down. You know, mm-hmm. it's all the same lingo to get you to the same exact thing. Um, if you're tight in your hip flexors, you won't be able to sit back as much. You won't be able to get in the right positions, activate the right muscles. Then maybe when you, you know, you rise up, your butt comes off first. 
And then since your butt came up first, now you're doing like a back extension to get it up, too much, putting too much pressure mm-hmm. on your lower back, um, you know, all these factors. So to get, to be able to do the right form, we need to fix the imbalances first. So handling the overactive, underactive muscles. Um, and then once you do that, then you focus on the form. And then from there, you can start to focus on more of the little details of like a mind muscle connection uh, and like initiating with the working muscle, which are some things I can get on, get into mm-hmm. in a little bit. So if somebody is listening to this and they're like, I might have a muscular imbalance because maybe I find this, this movement hard or this movement difficult, or maybe some pain here, how would we, how would somebody actually identify that they have a muscular imbalance? Yeah. Um, well, I preface this by saying, if you haven't consciously worked on fixing muscular imbalances, there's at least like I I I'd be like you know moderate modest here, but like a ninety to ninety five percent chance of muscular imbalance. It's probably closer to like almost hundred mm-hmm. percent. And I say that because it's the way that our society structured. The most common way of getting these muscular imbalances is by sitting down. Mm-hmm. You're a student. What do you do in class? You're sitting down. Mm-hmm. You're working your desk job. You're at work. You're sitting down. You're driving your car. You're sitting down. Watching TV. You're at home. You're sitting down. We're constantly, constantly, constantly sitting down. So what happens when we sit down are kind of just, you know, explain the common overactive and the common underactive muscles that we get from sitting down. Mm-hmm. So we sit down, our quads and hip flexors get tight because we're sitting down. They're always in a, a shortened position. Mm-hmm. So like I said, overactive muscles are muscles that are short. They are tight. So our quad gets tight. Our adductors, AKA, you know, our inner thigh for people that don't know what adductors are, inner thigh, you get tight there. Your hip flexors, your lats get tight and your chest gets tight because we're sitting down or a hunch forward, right? Mm-hmm. So that's when it cause, bring us tightness in our upper traps. So chest, lats, hip flexor, and adductors. Those are the main overactive muscles, and mm-hmm. almost everybody has that. And it's just due to the nature of, you know, the way society is structured. And then our underactive muscles are muscles that are underactive. They're weakened, they're lengthened. Mm-hmm. So most common one is our glutes. Mm-hmm. So we're sitting down. It's always in a lengthened position. Then is our, our core or our abs. Those are, and I'm not, not saying that our core and abs are the same thing. I'm just, it's more like our, our abs. Yeah. Um, those are underactive because, you know, we sit down, we disengage our core. Then our mid to lower traps also get underactive. So we're rounded forward. Now your mid back is lengthened. And you have these tight muscles, so there's no way to retract and depress. You know, your that the muscles, the your your the muscles there essentially are they are too weak. And because you have mm-hmm. the overactive muscles in the front, it's pulling it forward. Mm-hmm. So the protocol is to first release the overactive muscles and then reactivate the un- mm-hmm. the underactive muscles. So I have a whole warm up tutorial and explain like exactly how to do that where we first come in, we start with either, you know, if I have a client, our Theragun them. Um, mm-hmm. And if you don't know the Theragun, it's like a little gun that, you know, it's like percussion therapy. Mm-hmm. So it'll help open things up, get circulation going. It's, it's really good. Um, but if we don't have that, we use a foam roller, self myofascial release. So first we, we release the overactive by doing that. Then we get into dynamic stretching for the overactive muscles. Then once we do that, then we start to get into pre-activating the underactive muscles. So maybe some farmer's carries, but you're retracting, depressing, and you're taking your hands through external rotation. So you bring your shoulders back and down, standing tall, rotating your wrists out. So you really open up that whole front side and you um, can pre-activate those mid-lower traps, keep your, your scapula back and down. Um, and then we get into some band work, like lateral um, – lateral walks to preactivate the glutes and some glute bridges with the band to preactivate the glutes as well. That was, that was a lot. And that was really good. I, th- I think a lot yeah. of people are going to get a lot of good stuff from that. And I feel like even I'm sitting here and I'm like, dang, man, like I, I probably have some of those issues, you know? So going off of that, like, uh, you know, some of the people that listen to this podcast are for sure, you know, more new in the gym. And probably have those. Would you say that people who are more experienced, maybe like intermediate to like uh, even advanced levels, somewhere where I am, um, not saying that I'm uh, that made me sound like I'm the best ever, but I, you know, I'm definitely 
a seasoned vet and in my own, working, yeah. yeah you know so would you say that even people who are more seasoned in their in their lifting days yeah. do you think that they also may have muscular imbalances and, and need to not be uh too egotistical and ignore this like i probably would yeah. if i didn't ask this question yeah here's the answer that might surprise a lot of people the ones that are more seasoned and if they weren't already aware of these things, they probably have it even worse because mm-hmm. now we're going in the gym and we're training hard, but without fixing the fire. So we have a fire mm-hmm. going off and we're all these leaks and these holes in our foundation. So we're perpetuating, perpetuating, perpetuating. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like you're making it worse because now you're not, you're not handling the root issue. You're not pulling mm-hmm. the weed out of the grass first, you know, from the roots, you're kind of like cutting the top. Mm-hmm. So, it also depends on the person, you know, if it's someone who's really hammering in their form down, they're taking care of themselves, they're doing full rolling mobility work, you know, it depends. Um, but most people, they go in the gym and they just work out and lift hard. You mm-hmm. know, they're not really doing those other things. Um, and they're not, they're not working out in a methodical way with a step-by-step process where like you're, there's a purpose behind it. So, you know, a lot of them just go in, they work out hard. They, you know, they just want to build muscle lose fat that's great you will get those results but first we need to handle the fire like your house is on fire bro mm-hmm. go put that shit out then we yeah. can go you know buy the lamborghini the ferrari after <laughs> so uh so not a good point right there ah i just so, lost my train of thought so i i have a question going off of that so yeah what one thing that i've seen in my experiences i see a lot of guys go in there and, and maybe they have a structure program and maybe they don't but year after year, they're not, they're not putting on mass or they're not getting any better. And maybe they've made progress in the past. Yeah. And, and maybe it is nutrition. Maybe they're not. And, and I would say a lot of the times it is. But, a lot of, but some of the times I see people go in and they're saying, they'll, they'll tell me, I'm working super hard in the gym, but nothing's really happening. And then I'll go in the gym and I'll see them if, if they live in the local area. And you know they're just they're got they're like kind of working out hard maybe they'll do their set hard and then they're on their phone and then they're like talking to their friend and then so what what is like the right way to gauge our intensity how can we make sure that if we don't have an external source of accountability like a trainer or like a workout partner who who makes you go super hard then how do we gauge our intensity and how do we know if it's too much, if it's not enough or if it's at the right level? Yeah. I mean, you have things like RPE, which is rate of perceived effort. So if on a scale of one to 10, you know, 10 being like you're maxed out, mm-hmm. you know, nine would be like maybe like a half to one rep before failure or eight. And you can, you know, you can use that, but I mean, at the end of the day, and at the same time, every, like our preface is by saying everything is within context. Nothing is black and white. Mm-hmm. So you don't, it's not always the best idea to go in the gym and just like destroy yourself every single week. You know, there, it depends what your goal is, what you're trying to accomplish. You know, is your nutrition on point, is your sleep on point, are these other factors on point? Was it a long day? Did you not get to sleep last night? Like there's a lot of factors that go into this. So mm-hmm. I don't want to say this and people are like, all right, like, I do this every single time. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of factors and that's why it's so important to have a coach because you need to take into account every little factor. Um, but if like for most people, they're just not pushing themselves hard enough. So I guess a way to gauge that intensity would just be like, are you uncomfortable? Mm-hmm. Like, are you going to the point where like you're going into the discomfort? I tell my clients all the time, lean into the discomfort. Mm-hmm. When we're working out and you want to build that muscle, you're going for that contraction, that squeeze. That shit is uncomfortable. It hurts. Yes. But that's what we train for. That's what we literally work towards. So if you start hitting that point where it's like, oh, this is hard, this, this hurts, this is uncomfortable, and you stop, you're leaving all the gains on the table right there. Like that's mm-hmm. where the most progress is made. Um, you go back to the famous quote by Muhammad Ali. I don't count my sit-ups. I count mm-hmm. them when it starts hurting. So that's mm-hmm. the mindset you need to have. Like get yourself uncomfortable. It needs to be to a point where it's like, damn, like this is hard. And that just goes back to the mindset thing too. Like, you build the mindset through training. This is why I think fitness is the perfect metaphor for life and for success. The same principles that you use to get a great body to build a six pack are the same principles that you use. If you want to, you know, go out, start a business and make a million dollars, you know, you need to have consistency the discipline. You need to have 
um, the right mentoring, the right coaching, the right strategy, the right game plan. You need to educate yourself, learn more, get better. You need to fail, learn. You know, it's never mm-hmm. going to be linear. It's always going to be ups. There's downs, ups and downs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it's the same idea, the same, the same principles in a sense. But off my, th- my train of thought again, man. Damn. <laughs> but I think I got something good out there. We need maybe we need some uh, some mental workouts for you, so so we can keep the the train strong. So yeah, right. <laughs> I really like what you said though. <laughs> some yoga. Yeah, I actually did yoga last night. Yeah. yeah so so nice. should people be doing yoga? Um, I wouldn't like necessarily. I think we're biased, so I don't know if we can answer that question. <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't like to say like, yeah, you have to do yoga, but I'm just gonna say in my experience of doing it. I've seen benefit and, and, you know, obviously it's good for the mobility, but what I think Mm -hmm. is the most benefit is because you don't only want to look good, but you want to feel good. Right. Yeah. And something I talk about all the time is the mind and the body are one. So if you're working out all the time, lifting weights, you know, you're squeezing the muscles, everything's tight all the time. Mm -hmm. If your body's constantly tight, the mind and the body are one. So physical tightness is going to manifest into, I want to say mental tightness, but you're going to notice mentally, you won't be the same. You won't be as Mm -hmm. calm. Maybe too stressed. Yeah, exactly. So it's really important because I I do Tai Chi literally daily. And it's been one of the most important practices I've ever done in my life Mm -hmm. for just overall peace, well-being, being present, self-awareness, being in touch with myself, um, being aware of others, all those things. Because we're in the gym, we're hammering it in, we're getting tense, we're getting tight. Then we go out in the real world and we have stress from everyday life. And everything just tight, 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 restrict, restrict, restrict. Mm-hmm. And then that's when people just blow up because, mm-hmm. you know, they're constantly repressed. So mm-hmm. I, I, you know, by doing, I wouldn't say yoga, like do yoga. It's just like do something like a medit, almost like a meditative practice to help you get more mm-hmm. present and to uh, essentially, you know, get more, 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 I'm still going to find the word, but in the ideas like in Tai Chi, tense, Tenseness equals death because it like mm-hmm. it's coming back from like thousands, thousands of years ago in China mm-hmm. where, you know, that was like, they use that for war. Yeah. So you have to be fully present. You have to be able to understand the other point. You get hit and you start thinking about shit and you're trying to predict the next move. You're done. Mm-hmm. You know, literally, like, you're, like you're, you're, your life's in the line. You're going to get killed. Mm-hmm. So you need to be able to take hits and stay present. Empty your mind, be in your body and just be there in that moment and you're reading the other person. Mm. um so i think outside of fitness like for overall well-being to live a well-rounded life like you need to do something daily some body work um something to get more present get back into your body people are mm. so repressed and stuck in their heads and that's the source of depression anxiety um cloud you know cloudy thoughts judgment um all those things just comes from the mind and you know i'm i can get onto that kind of stuff as well because i'm you know i'm very I guess you say spiritual, but like, I mean, I wouldn't want to label it as something like that. Cause it's just, you know, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's for another time, I guess. <laughs> well, let's jump into that a little bit more because I feel like oh, yeah. we, we've talked a lot about um, really, really how we can figure out exercise. And it's, it seems like when it comes down, just to give a quick summary is, you know, when, when we go into the gym, we just need to not be egotistical from the beginning. We need to go in. We need to be humble, fix our imbalances. We need to actually learn proper form. And, I mean, I always advocate work with the personal trainer, at least for a little bit, at least to learn the yes. movements and mm-hmm. how to do them correctly. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of, I see a lot of people in the gym, like, hitting it hard, but they're also doing the movements so wrong that they're in and out of the gym so much because they get injured or they're not seeing a lot of progress because – they think they're working their back and they're working their biceps and they're doing all these yeah. different things that they're doing all these things that they're building in the wrong places and they can't figure out why they're building in the right places and it, and it just comes down to form. And then beyond that, it sounds like after we're fixing, fixing all, all the technical stuff, you know, going with intensity, make sure. And I just think always be a student of the gym. You know, even I learn, I actually, one of my favorite things to do is learn from the people who don't know a lot. Because they, everybody knows like a little bit else, a little bit something different, and you never know what you're gonna gain from somebody else. I've learned some movements from some people who have been working out like a week because they're like, "Hey, I saw this," and they'll show me the movement on like Instagram or something. I'm like, "Wait, that's actually genius!" 
Like that's yeah. such a smart movement. Yeah. And you, and you never know. You never know what's going to change the game for your program. And of course, everybody's body mechanics are a little bit different. So if you can learn something that really works for you and you're like, wow, I can, I know a lot of people have trouble hitting the, the muscles on their back. So, I mean, and I feel like we should talk about mind muscle connection really quickly too. When, yeah. when, you know, people have any, any muscle you can't see, it's much harder to activate because it's harder to think about it. And those are for typically sure. the things lagging behind on people, their back, their glutes, hamstrings, and calves. Like most people can't, and, and people are like, I work them all the time, can't feel them, right? Yeah. So let's okay. actually jump into that. Talk, let's talk about the mind-muscle connection, and is it a real thing, and how important is it? Number one, it, it is a real thing. There are studies out there now that show um, mm-hmm. the difference. Like actually, there is a greater EMG activation. You make more gains. Yeah, you're much making more gains with that mind-muscle connection. There are studies out there that prove that now. Um, Real quick, well, there's two things I always want to get out of my head real quick before oh, I, I forget it. Um, number one is by doing those, I guess, meditative practices like yoga or just Tai Chi, whatever it is that you do to get in touch with your body, you're gaining more body awareness. More body awareness is going to lead to greater mind-muscle connection. So now mm-hmm. those parts of your body, your back, your glutes, your hamstrings, you can't really feel, you're getting more in touch with your body. And that oh man you now i'm getting more ideas i mean it goes else it's gonna help with like getting in touch with your body for the food and nutrition <laughs> you need like you know what i mean mm-hmm. so i get into that later but a point i want to get out because we're on the muscular imbalancing i just want to give people some practical structure for their workouts is and this isn't something i made up you know we all stand on the shoulders of giants before this is my mentor he taught me this whole protocol this whole system that really took everything to the next level for me um, and it's called the four R's. So I talk about, we have our overactive, underactive muscles. We have imbalances, you know, our muscular imbalances, but we also have imbalances, you know, to our right to left. So if we're a righty, we're more dominant with that side. We're actually going to be tighter on that mm-hmm. side, but also stronger. If we're a left, you know, and our left side is going to be more underactive, it's going to be weaker. So we have imbalances with our right legs, our left, or our left leg, our right, our right arm, left arm, all that stuff. So the four R's Re- release reactivate, realign, re-strengthen. So first release the overactive muscles, which I talked about, you know, the static, the self-myofascial release, dynamic stretching, all that. Reactivate, that's when we're doing the, the band work and we're, you know, we're doing the farmer's carries to pre-activate those muscles to help us get in the right positions. Then we're realigning. So let's say it's a posterior day, which posterior is pretty much your whole backside to make it simple. Um, we start off with like, single leg Bulgarians and then like lateral lunge, you know, we're doing one leg at a time. So we're working the imbalances between our, our right and our left glutes. Mm-hmm. Uh, then from there, once you, you know, kind of fix those imbalances, then we can re-strengthen and build our structures. So now we laid the foundation. We start to build that skyscraper. So that's when you get into like things like deadlifts, squats, and we can really start to up those numbers and perform, perform, perform. And I mean, all my clients who have been doing this protocol, like their deadlifts and their big lifts are skyrocketing, like 50 pounds in like mm-hmm. in weeks. Um, same thing with me. When I first started doing this stuff, like my, my deadlift like shot up. I was, I was plateauing around like 300s for a while, like, like the low 300s. And now I'm hitting, you know, mid 300s for reps. Um, and I just feel better with it. You feel, you, 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 you can start to see the difference. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the first thing I just wanted to shoot that out there was the four R's just to give a little structure for the, for them. And that, that's, that's something you would do for like four to six weeks in the beginning. And that would be like your bread and butter. So once you lay that down, the foundation of imbalances, then the next phase would be into re- like strengthening on the big lifts, all those things. So muscular imbalances, then re-strengthen the overall foundation. Then from the next, the third phase would be, you know, depending on your goal, if it's like, then we can give you your goal pretty much. We take care of the needs. Mm-hmm. Now that the needs are out of the way, we can give you your wants. Mm-hmm. Um, so then so strength I, or hypertrophy, then, then that's what we're focusing on in that next yeah, portion. Yeah, then you can really focus on those things. And you're, kinda, you're still focusing on them throughout the whole process. Mm-hmm. But now the whole structure of the training is 100% all in for that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so yeah, I just want to get that out. So I'm sorry. We're talking about now the mind muscle connection. Yeah. How important is it and, and how can we build it? Yeah. So first off, it's super important. And it also depends on your goal though. Like if you're just trying to get stronger, 
it's a little bit different, but our goal is to build mm-hmm. muscle. So strength does not necessarily equal muscle gain. Mm-hmm. They have relationship, they have correlation, but they're not like they're not like black and white where like if one goes up the other one goes up as well. Um they're both important for each other. Yeah, hold on. Yes. Let's let's go in on that for just a second because yeah. I think that's something that nobody understands. I, a lot of the times I see it guys, girls, whatever, going in the gym saying, I want to be strong. When what they really want is the muscle tone. They want more muscle. And yeah. they go in and they're lifting for sets of, like they're doing a lot of one rep maxes. They're doing sets of twos, threes, fours, fives, and they're wondering why they're not getting any stronger. Guys, if you are training for strength, that is primarily a neuromuscular adaptation. And what does that mean, yep. right? Neuro meaning your, your nerves is stemming from your brain, muscular, meaning your muscles. So what is happening? You're not necessarily gaining more. You're, you're not hypertrophying your muscle fibers. What you're doing is you're teaching your nerves how to activate more muscle fibers at the exact same time. So let's say you have 10 muscle fibers total, which of course that's not true of tons, but Let's say you have 10. At first, when you first get in the gym, maybe you can activate like one or two at, at the same time. And then you start to build, then you start to learn the movement. Then you can do maybe three or four after you've learned the, the pattern, the actual pattern of moving, like how to do a bench press. And then that's when you train strength is when you start activating more and more muscle fibers as you continue on. All your different types activating at once. That's what you want. Hypertrophy is a is a volume driven process right hypertrophy is in gaining actual muscle mass because you're not actually gaining more muscle fibers you are just gaining more size in the muscle fibers you already have so that means arnold schwarzenegger and the skinny guy who works in the cubicle next to you at work you guys have they have the same amount of muscle fibers you are just building more, you're building bigger muscle fibers through that process. And that works through volume. So volume is sets times reps, and then you can even go deeper times weight over over time, meaning, meaning under tension. So if you maximize that, that's when you're going to get hypertrophy. They're two separate things. And yeah, as Eric said, they do correlate, right? So if you do hypertrophy, you will gain strength. That's why the big guys in the gym lift more than the small guys. But there's also very small guys that can lift more than the big guys in terms of pound for pound. Okay. Yeah, yeah for sure. Like there, if you're on YouTube, you can probably find guys who are like, look like skinny little, little mm-hmm. dudes, but they're benching like fucking 400 pounds. Yeah. yeah think like, of power lifters. Power, power lifters. Yeah. Yeah. They, they are classified by weight classes. And the reason they can do that is because the guys who are 120 pounds and compete in the super lightweight division, whatever it's called, they can lift a ton of weight for being 125 pounds. That doesn't mean the guys at the top can't lift more. They can because they're probably a lot bigger, stronger. They actually do have more muscle. But yeah, get more mass. Go find a normal guy who's 120 pounds, and then a powerlifter who's 120 pounds. They're going to be the same weight, and the powerlifter can lift significantly more without being much more hypertrophied. Yeah, yeah. So like muscle growth, it really comes down. If we want to make it very simple tension there's a there's a concept called progressive overload which is pretty much mm-hmm. adding more tension over time and there's a lot of you know fitness programs out there marketing how you need to get stronger to build more muscle and it's really not that simple but the reason why getting stronger would add more muscle is because you're progressively overloading yourself you're adding mm-hmm. more and more tension to yourself here's the here's the thing though when you establish a solid mind muscle connection it's called an inter and you create an internal focus you are going to create more tension with the same amount of weight. If you, mm-hmm. if you take your arm and you try to squeeze your pack and you feel it and you feel like a cramping sensation, you created a shit ton of tension with zero weight. All you did is move mm-hmm. your arm. But if you do that and you, don't, you can't really feel it, that comes down to an inability to fully contract your muscle fibers. Mm-hmm. So that is a skill. That's something you need to practice. For me, like if you want to fix a lagging body part, it's probably help a lot of people. If you have a lagging body part, and you want to fix that, it, I, I guarantee you it comes down that you are not able to efficiently contract that muscle compared to your other, um, mm-hmm. your muscle fibers compared to your other stronger body parts. So if you're really, dom- you have really good arms, you have, you know, you have a really good chest, 
and you try to squeeze it without any weight, you probably feel a really good contraction. But if like, you know, you're lagging in like your quads or like your glutes, you try to really squeeze it. Like, you're like, yeah, I don't really feel it that much. Mm-hmm. That just comes down to an inability to fully contract your muscle fiber. So that's something you need to practice. For me personally, my lagging body part has always been my chest. And mm-hmm. I was like, I, for the longest time, I was like, dude, like I'm trying everything. Like I'm, tr- I'm adding, I'm trying to lift as heavy as I can, or I'm doing drop sets. I'm doing this, I'm doing that. I'm trying every tactic in the book. Mm-hmm. But then I learned this concept and I was like, you know what? I don't really like just by like flexing my chest, like, damn, like I don't really feel it that much. Mm-hmm. You know what? Let me practice this. So now every day in the gym, I go in there and I'm just like kind of without any weight, just like practicing flexing the muscle throughout, throughout my day. I'm just practicing flexing my mm-hmm. chest. And now that I'm doing that, I'm starting to see the development happen a lot quicker. And it's like, all right, damn, like things are actually starting to happen. So when I go into a bench press to lift the weight, I'm, actually lifting using my pec and not lifting using my arm mm-hmm. there's a difference between lifting the weight and working the muscle right mm-hmm. so if you're just getting in then you're just focusing on lifting the weight up and down you might not be activating the right muscles because you know your, your shoulders might start taking over or your your um your triceps so you bring in that internal focus and you really before you even move feel the muscle contract and then using your muscle to pull the weight up like i have videos on my instagram I call I called it the the ghost weights protocol where I'm lifting I'm doing a um I'm on a Smith machine not Smith machine I'm doing like a hammer hammer strength um machine mm-hmm. and I'm lifting zero weight at all but I'm going and I'm feeling it and I'm like I'm like screaming like yeah like all of that <laughs> like I'm lifting a thousand pounds because mm-hmm. I'm creating with my mind I'm I'm feeling and I'm creating so much internal tension and practicing doing that without any weights. So when I do put on weights, I could create that tension. So mm-hmm. if you're going in there and you're trying to lift hundred pounds, but then again, you can't create tension with zero weight. How are you going to create tension adding weight to mm-hmm. the bar? Mm-hmm. Your body is always, your body, no matter what, is always going to try to find the easiest and most efficient route to mm-hmm. get the exercise done. Like it doesn't matter what it's going to use. It's going to figure out a way to complete, to complete the rep, whether it's using the right muscles or not. So our goal you know, and building the body that we want is to do the exact opposite. We want to make it as inefficient as possible, as hard as possible, because that creates tension. That's where the mm-hmm. muscle is. That's where the muscle growth occurs. And this doesn't just go for guys who have lagging chest, which tends to be a huge problem for guys, but for any girls who like want to grow their butt, I mean, that's like the big thing right now. Everybody. These are principles. These, I'm not it's, telling you like, these aren't like, like, these are just principles. This mm-hmm. apply to everybody. Yeah, and you guys can you guys can even go in and and Eric, I want to hear from you. What like what is your what is your thoughts on pre-activation sets? Like doing multiple sets so that you can warm up the muscle, maybe maybe get build that mind muscle connection before you actually go into a movement with with your structured weights and whatever whatever you t- typically go up to your working weight. Yeah. Um. So I'm going to tell you from my perspective, I mean, the way I see it, because I, I, I believe it in like the, and I haven't looked into like studies too much on it, but I believe the studies say there isn't really much of a difference. Mm-hmm. But, okay. And again, there's a lot of variables in account of that. So re- the way that I see the big benefit of the preactivation, because I do it, I don't, I don't like do like three, four sets. I just, I go by feel. Like once I feel mm-hmm. the right connection, all right, boom, let's get into it now. Mm-hmm. That's how I go off them. So what it does is just going to help you to create a mind muscle connection and practice that skill. Like I said, it's a skill to fully mm-hmm. contract those muscle fibers. So especially if you're working a lagging body part, it is extra important. You do that stuff because it's not, don't think of it like, Oh, I need a pre-exhaust or like pre-activation. Cause like this and that and it's just more do it for your like, mm-hmm. do it because you're building that mind muscle connection and that skill to fully contract the muscle. So now when you add a load to it, you add more tension, more weight you're able to do it properly and activate the right muscles and your other, um, your other supporting muscles don't come and take over and start helping you out when it's not supposed to. Mm-hmm. That, that is, you know, the way I, that's the, that's the, the frame that I mm-hmm. see, you know, to do it out of. Mm. And I, I want to use myself as an example of the power of this concept because if you guys ever ever see me in the gym or if you if I ever put up a video of me lifting or anything, you'll notice that I'm I'm not strong. Like I, I'm very open that I'm probably one of the weakest guys that you know. And I would I'm comfortable saying Same, that. Bro. Because 
I like, you'll see me like yesterday I was hitting incline bench press and um, you know, one of the, one of my favorite movements cause I've always had a lagging chest as well. Right. Especially my upper pec. And when I'm doing, when I'm doing uh, my incline bench press, I rarely can even get up to, even when I'm feeling strong, I can rarely get up to 185. And if you guys aren't experienced with the gym, this may be a little bit of a foreign concept um, in terms of weights and like knowing what that means. But 185 is essentially a 45 on each side and a 25. And for a guy of my size, I'm, okay, I'm about, um, right now I'm about 185 pounds, five, seven, let's say five, eight, because it makes me feel better about myself. And, <laughs> and, and like for a guy my size, most guys are benching, uh, you know, 225, 275, like guys are pretty strong. And I would say, I would argue actually most guys are stronger than me in the gym. But the reason that I have a better body, the reason that I'm more hypertrophied, right? I have more muscle mass is simply because of this concept. When I activate my chest, when I do a, an incline bench press, I guarantee I'm getting two, three, 10 times more activation than everybody else in the gym. And you'll see this because I'll be screaming and I'll be lifting like 135 on bench for like 10 reps and I'm like dying and I can't even yep. do another rep, but it's because it's all going to my chest. I barely feel it in my arms, barely feel it in, in anywhere else in my body. And just because over time I've, I've realized that the root to longevity in lifting for me at least and happiness and success isn't going as hard as I can and lifting massive amounts of weight. And yes, of course, progressive overload is the one of the main drivers of continual uh, progression. And of course, I follow that as well. But my, my, my progressive overload is much lower than most people's. Because as I just activate my muscles more better with better tension, I'm, I'm seeing more significant growth than everybody yeah. else around me. Yeah, 100%. And really what it is, progressive overload just means more attention over time. Mm -hmm. People get caught up, oh, I'm tensional. If I want to do progressive overload, I need to either lift more weights, you know, decrease my rest time, or mm -hmm. I need to do more reps and more sets. Those are factors, but you're forgetting the whole internal. So mm -hmm. it's not even that you're having less progressive overload than those people, because you actually probably have more progressive overload but it's all internal. It's like I said, the internal focus, that internal attention. So those dudes who get off the bench, they might feel some in their chest. But they probably feel a lot on their shoulders mm -hmm. and maybe their lats a little bit and their, their triceps. If you're doing it correctly, like you shouldn't really be fit. Like yet, to some degree you will feel it. Cause yes, those are assistants. Those are, you know, those are assistant movers in that exercise. But mm -hmm. if you're not getting off you're like, dude, my chest is fucked up then you're not creating the maximum amount of tension you could. Mm -hmm. So it's because lifting more weight doesn't mean they're creating more progressive overload. Everyone forgets that whole internal tension. Like, and these aren't, like I said, these aren't concepts that I created. Like I, I try to go, these are things I try to, I go to the best and that's how I learn from them. So I learned this from like, like Ben Pukolsky and, um, ah, man, I forget the guy's name. Hi, Joe Bennett, hypertrophy coach. Like these are some smart motherfuckers. These are the top of the industry. And I learned from, I was, you know, I, I, I get their programs. I learn from them. I learn their courses. I learn their concepts. And, um, you know, if like, if you're, if you have a lagging body part and you're just not fully feeling it, like start with like almost no weight and then start with like little baby weights, like drop mm -hmm. the ego. Cause mm -hmm. you need to drop the e take, take one or two steps back to take 10 steps forward in the long run, because you're going to prevent plateaus. And at the end of the day, like, is your goal, to just like lift the most weight in the gym probably not you just want to look good and you want to feel good mm -hmm. so who gives a fuck if some dude is benching 300 pounds but you know he's probably like 300 pounds probably look pretty good but if you bench 225 pounds and you look a hell of a lot better mm -hmm. and putting less wear and tear in your joints and you have you can you know sustain that for a longer period of time you can work out for 20 years versus the guy who can work out for 10 years because he shits all jacked up at the time mm -hmm. you know was really winning in the long run it's funny because when i was younger when i was early on in my undergrad um this must have been like sophomore sophomore year of undergrad or maybe junior year and you know i had i had this friend and uh he was super 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 fit um i lifted all the time uh like our, essentially our whole friend group did and 
so he would always say, are you lifting for other guys? Are you lifting to impress other guys? Or are you lifting to impress girls? And, you know, that's not obviously that's not the mentality I think with these days. But like in college, come on. I mean, like, essentially, what we're chasing was girls all the time. And, you know, and so like, to me, that, that said, like, if you are just chasing a higher and higher weight, I mean, if you're a power lifter and that's what, and, and you do it for competition and that's what your purpose is, that's amazing. And I don't judge you for that at all, but it's more for like the people who are trying to look good, but just keep lifting more and more weight. And it's, it's okay. So you're doing that so that when you talk to your bros, you can say, yo, dude, I bench 315. Cool, man. Well, I'm lifting so that I look good, so that I feel good. So validation, that validation. So that I can, exactly i'm not looking for validation from other guys like i know who i am i'm comfortable in who i am i want to be attractive and that's what what my goal was early on you know of course it's evolved over time but you know don't just if you think with that mentality if you just think about that phrase while you're lifting then you're gonna be like okay like i like girls don't care how much you lift i promise you girls do not care because they don't even understand like oh i bench 315 like i don't even know what that means you know yeah for sure I do want to transition because we are running out of time, but there's, yes, there's yes, one thing I, I want to cover. And, and so I think, and I want to transition to women a, a little bit because I, there are a yeah. good amount of women that listen to my podcast and I just want to tackle two things. Number one, that this all, everything we've talked about also applies to women. It's not like women's bodies function differently. It's not that women's bodies uh, shouldn't, uh, you like shouldn't gain muscle, right? That's not what it's all about. So I, I just want to hear from your perspective, like, what are the things that girls are getting wrong? And I feel like this is more like the mentality of connecting what we've just talked about to, to women, and, and how it can benefit them as well, rather than this just being only for guys. This is clearly for girls as well. Yeah, I mean, the first misconception when it comes to females and lifting is they think they're going to get big and bulky and look like dudes. Mm-hmm. Like, first thing you understand, like, our hormones are different. Men have a lot more testosterone. Mm-hmm. Um, and we need to do another podcast talking about testosterone because I have, I, I, I have a lot of value to give there because of my uh, – You had a lot of experience my, there. My, horm- my horm- hormonal imbalance experience that I like to talk to next talk about next time. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I mean, women don't have the same amount of testosterone as men. So – they go in the gym, they think they're going to, and first off, understand this, like putting on muscle, even for a dude is a slow process. Like, and very hard. Like it's hard. Like it's not that easy. People think they're just going to go in the gym and put on like 30 pounds of muscle. Like, no, bro. Like you got, this is a process. It takes time. Mm-hmm. So for women, like it's even slower. Like they're like in my gym, like I said, like there's a lot of people who like, they go hard and they're competing in shit. Even these girls who are in there working harder than most dudes, they're not that big. Like they just yeah. have their death, they're defined, but they look mm-hmm. like good. You know, there are some people who, you know, are, there's also genetics at play. You know, some people might put on that muscle quicker than others, but at the same time, like that comes down to, you know, if you're getting too big, then just adjust your training, you know, mm-hmm. make the adjustments and, from there. And just but to add to that, that muscle tone, just to add to that real quick. I, now that I'm yeah. competing, I've met a lot of girl competitors because when I go to posing practice, it's like half, it's actually more girls than it is guys. And yeah. If you talk to the bikini girls, the girls who compete in bikini, which is the lowest division or the, the lowest, I mean, like you, generally it's quote unquote the smallest, but it's not really determined by that. And then yeah. the middle is figure and the top is physique. The girls that are in bikini, look at the girls in figure and they're like, I have no idea how they build that much muscle. And if you look at the girls in physique, it's not like they're massive. Like they don't look manly at all. I would say they yeah. still look very feminine. But the girls in bikini are like, I don't know how I would ever get to that amount of muscle. And that's how the, you know, that's how smaller guys look at guys who step on stage. Like, I don't know how I'm ever going to, it's, it's the same thing. Yeah. I mean, like you understand, like there's genetics at play, but then again, like a lot of these girls who look, you look at like a female bodybuilder you see on stage, like mm-hmm. probably not natural. You know what I mean? Yeah, so like exactly. there's factors at play, like you need to consider these things. Like if you're just natural, and like look at jen selter mm-hmm. like all these fitness girls like they look fucking awesome mm-hmm. um summer ray all Lauren these girls are fucking, yeah yeah they look fucking phenomenal bro like, these are the, the girls that guys are like drooling over on instagram and the girls look up to guess mm-hmm. what they lift fucking weights and they probably go they go heavy too probably mm-hmm. um so there's a big misconception that lifting 
lifting weights is going to make you get too big. Like, like it's not like, it's not that simple. Your genetics, your, your body, the way that the female body was designed is, it's not the same as, as a guy. Like we just, it's just hormones. It's not like a masculine feminine thing. It's just mm-hmm. like, it's just the way it's science. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Just the way our bodies are designed. Exactly. And the, the thing about the difference in hormones that's important is, is not only do hormones give your body some kind of function, right? So testosterone for males tends to make us gain muscle faster, right? And that's just, you know, if you want to go into evolution, all that, we'll talk about that later. But testosterone also gives you the manly features. So if you ever see a girl who looks like a dude because they're like super jacked, well, they probably took steroids. And those steroids are all steroids are just testosterone, uh, just different versions of testosterone or uh, testosterone precursors. And when they take that, they essentially gain more testosterone. And then they get the other the other effects that create manliness, right? So like more body hair, like more square jaw, deeper voice, those things are also created by testosterone. So it's not like you become a man by lifting. Your testosterone levels might increase after your workout, but it is so short that that is not one of the main driving factors of hypertrophy, of, of muscle yeah. gain. Of, so it's so short. Same with cortisol. You know, like it all, all your hormones increase after your workout, but not to the point where you're going to become a man. I mean, I guarantee every girl has a friend or a friend of a friend that lifts, that lifts weights hard. And it's probably the girl that everybody wants to look like. So yeah, girls, you can go in there, you can go hard and you should, because the way that you're going to get more toned and get more shape to your body is by building muscles, especially girls building the shoulders, building the lats, building their glutes. It's really going to give them the hourglass shape and having that muscle is going to be functional because they're going to feel better. They're going to whatever, be more athletic or whatever they want to do. And having that additional muscle is also going to help you lose fat. And when you lose fat, it's going to be easier to look better. If you talk to two guys and one guy has a lot of muscle and one guy doesn't, and they both lose fat, the guy with a lot more muscle is going to look better at the same percentage of body fat. So yeah, I always get passionate about that one because no, it's true, bro. So many misconceptions for females. Yeah. There's two points I want to, I want to hit on that real quick. Go ahead. Um, I'm, well, I forgot, forgot one would probably come to me, but the other one was about the t- like hormone thing. Hormonal thing. Here's the the part that people might be like, what the fuck? Most girls probably have, and most people in society in general have, to some degree, hormonal imbalances because mm-hmm. processed foods, the water we drink. Like, I, I rarely drink this shit. Like, I'm only drinking bottled water because my uh my yeti is like dirty right now and i just haven't had time this morning to clean it out like i like, i try to minimize as much as possible um touching receipts you get bpa just the air that we mm-hmm. breathe um like everything is like you know there's a book called estro generation talks about how like you know test across the board testosterone levels especially for men are lower and lower all the like every single generation but even for girls if like you need a level of testosterone. If you don't have enough testosterone, like you're going to have all, a lot of problems. And I mean, I haven't really dug into too much of the effects for females because I just, you know, never, it's never been a necessity for me. So now I don't, I don't like, you know, had a reason to, to look into, but um, everybody needs to balance their hormones to some degree and your body, you need your body to like almost naturally do that. So by lifting weights, it's just going to help you get to that natural balance that you need. Um, and the other point, man, I just forgot it. But, hmm. oh, Eric, oh. Eric, you're being so ADD today. Dude, I'm always like that. My mind's. <laughs> That's, I think it's an entrepreneur thing. My girlfriend says I'm very ADD as well because yeah. I, can't, I can't focus on two things. And if I start like cooking, then it's just like everything else is out the window. But, yeah. <laughs> all right, man. Well, honestly, I think we, we gave the people a lot of what they need to hear. And if you guys follow everything in this podcast, I guarantee your exercise is going to go to the next level. And just so you guys remember, guys, exercise is the stimulus to adaptation. So we absolutely need it, but we also need the nutrition, right? If, if exercise stimulate, it stimulates a change in our body, the nutrition is what actually allows us, gives us the building blocks, gives us the energy to be able to actually make the change. So if you combine everything that we talked about here with all the rest of the stuff that I've been talking on the podcast, 
for the last couple months since the podcast came to fruition, then you guys are going to continue to do really, really well. Eric, if these people connected with what you said, they want to learn more, then how can they find you? Yes. So I'm most active on Instagram, Facebook, and everything else I don't really use that much. Um, so find me on Instagram at real Eric Alvarez. Now don't type Eric E R I C or E R I K. My my name is Eric E R I C K. So real E R I C K Alvarez. Um, and yeah, I mean, you guys can find me on there. I post content every single day. Um, I got tons of videos to the stuff out there. Um, read my captions. I put pretty long mm -hmm. captions. Um, but yeah, if you guys like need like online coaching and pretty much what, you know, my, my system, what I do is I, I help you build the South beach body in the most easy and sustainable way possible. So I'm not trying to get you show ready or like get 2% body fat. I want you to be, you know, around eight to 12% body fat, a healthy body fat range, but also have the freedom to live a lifestyle that you want. Cause I know you're busy, you know, maybe you want to live life. You want to go out for a drink every now and then you want to eat out every now and then. So we need to learn principles. So that's kind of what I teach. So if you guys need anything with that, um, reach out to me. And then, but if you guys need for nutrition, I'll give you from an outside perspective. Trevor is the <laughs> fucking man. Like, no, like seriously, like he knows his stuff. He's a great dude. Um, outside from being an expert on what he does, he's just an awesome person. So if you guys are listening to this and you're on the fence, like just take the lead. Bet on yourself. Give it a chance. Try it out, and you will not be disappointed. Trevor knows his stuff. Thank you, brother. I appreciate the the kind words. Yeah. Course, so guys, brother, also, course. same goes for Eric. Guys, he's absolutely amazing. Definitely knows what he's talking about. If you live in Miami, you can work with him in person. If you yep. don't live in Miami, work with him online. Because like, if you guys are not having somebody structure your workout program, like I even have a coach who structures my workout program, I highly recommend that you get somebody. It makes it easier to get in the gym. You know what you're doing. It makes, you, it makes it easier to hold you accountable. And then focus on the nutrition as well. You guys are going to be golden. You guys can achieve anything that you want when it comes to fitness. You just got to have the right tools, the right mentality, and then you just got to get after it. All right, Eric, yep. thank you so much for joining us on the Muscle & Hustle podcast. And guys, if this episode helped you in any way, please go connect with Eric. Connect with me if you have any questions. Reach out to us. Ask us any follow-up on anything that was on here. And then go and tell a friend because I guarantee you don't know who you're going to tell. And once you do, it could change their life, could change their entire yep. fitness journey. So we'll see you guys on the next episode of the Muscle & Hustle podcast.